0: Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. We are proudly sponsored by Tea Pigs.
1: Nothing quite beats sitting down with your mates to have a good chat over a cuppa. Whether your brew of choice is an English breakfast, an Earl Grey, or something herbal, Tea Pigs have got you well and truly covered. My go to is definitely the lemon and ginger. I love the Earl Grey,
0: but I also love the Fancy Pants herbal ones they do as well. Mm. A few of the things we love about tea pigs are that they only use the best quality tea leaves, herbs and spices in their blends. Their tea packaging is all plant-based and plastic-free and they are a proud bee corporation and give back to tea growing communities in Rwanda through on-pack donations. Pretty awesome, huh? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So if you've been meaning to give them a try, now is the time, as they are offering you 20% off at teapigs.co.uk with the code GIRLGANG20. Go ahead and treat yourself and you can thank us later.
0: Go on, get yourself a brew. Hi and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are super lucky to be joined here by Jessica Hayes. Hi Jessica. Hi guys. Thank, Thank you, so you much. for having me. <laughs> oh, not at all, not at all. Thank you so much for for coming on to share your story. So let's start at the very good beginning. It's a very good place to start. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how how you became a member of this really really shit club.
2: Yeah, it is a it is a really shit one, isn't it? So yeah, so I was pregnant with my. Second baby, I found out quite late actually, which was a funny one. I kind of felt ill, like sick, and like for a few months well, a couple of months. And um, I kind of when you've got because I've got a 19 month old already, you're just in that mode and you just think, Oh, I feel really sick all the time, but and you're you know, just tired all the time, right? So you don't think about. Oh, yeah just yeah. you put yourself last don't you wouldn't you yeah. yeah yeah so I was like no no I thought, oh, I'll go and do a test I've got to do a test and I found out and I was like gosh this is very soon like but it's it's cool like obviously I was really you know happy and it was weird because my dates didn't line up um like I I, I was really rubbish at cre- keeping track of like my periods and things um because I was still breastfeeding when I found out I was pregnant it was weird because I had a bleed but I thought it was a period which which is so so strange because I've kind of weighed up a few things now and I think to myself was that like an issue at the start that I wasn't really aware of because I just thought it was a period hence why I didn't think I was pregnant or was I was I carrying twins like which I've never Mm -hmm. mentioned this before but it would kind of make sense um anyway so I, I went to my, my scan, I think I was like 13 weeks. Um, everything was perfect. Everything was absolutely fine. Um, generally thought that bleed at the start was a period. Didn't think anything of it until kind of now, really.
0: Um, and yeah, everything was good. Um, at that point when you did have a bleed, how many weeks pregnant were you? See,
2: I'm thinking that I must have been already like about a month pregnant but this is why I didn't know because I thought it was just a period mm. and it was like a heavy long bleed which makes me think that's a miscarriage but I was was it yeah no like was it a van- vanishing twin syndrome or something I don't oh, know does that period. make sense because it, yeah. I was already a month pregnant and assumed
1: it, it was relevant, but equally people bleed in pregnancy a lot yeah what well. was that, yeah. that we posted about yesterday Sub. Cr- la, la-, la. SCH yeah subchorionic hematoma um I had a bleed I I bled a lot with Bertie and then Mm. when I was 12 the day before I was 12 weeks I had a massive bleed and I'm certain it was all over um and it wasn't and because I didn't know I was pregnant I just assumed that it was a period hence
2: why I just didn't know I was pregnant so I found out that's why I found out really late um and yeah, it was such a smooth pregnancy with my my son Presley. We didn't think anything of it. And I remember, kind of like about three months in, I I was in the kitchen and I just had this like sudden rush of blood, and I knew. Um, I don't even know if I knew I was pregnant then. So that there was obviously something wrong. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think anything of it. I just thought I wasn't pregnant, kind of thing. Um, went to my first scan. Everything was fine. Um, was like really excited and, um planned a little um shoot to like do a bit of a reveal in a magazine and that was a lovely day like it was you know when I think back to it now I think oh my god like what like the best day ever because it was four of us you know um
0: yeah you know yeah a bit like that knowing knowing what you know now do you are you still able to look at it fondly or is there any kind of anything in you that goes oh
2: I kind of I think at the start I regretted it because I thought, oh my god, have I junked something or have I, you know, yeah. is you know, that kind of thing. But now I look back and I look at the pictures like yeah, that was the four of us there. We yeah. that
0: we were together then and we'll never be together properly again. And nothing can uh, change that. Like you have it's so nice in a way to have that memory mm. like that is forever now you can use those photos and look back at those photos if if you guys as a family, as you say.
2: Yeah. And um yeah, just assumed like everything was fine and had a couple of scans and just perfect really. Like I was starting to feel him move and things like that. And you know, I just thought, Great, I'm growing a baby and I'm gonna have my twenty week scan soon. Um did you know perfect. that you were born? well I didn't know I wasn't gonna find out. Um, so I actually wasn't until I gave birth to him. Okay. Um in yeah, that I actually knew it was a boy. So I didn't want to find out the gender. I was like, I'm gonna keep it as a surprise, like and whatnot. So basically how what happened is it was I can't remember what day it was. It was like the twenty eighth. It was a Saturday and I was I was on the sofa and everything was fine. I'd put up the Christmas tree the day before and I was like, you know, in good spirits, excited for Christmas, and I just like I just felt something like, you know, and I and I ran to the toilet and um my partner's mum was there so she had presley and I was like shit like this is blood why where's this come from yeah. um and I just didn't really think anything of it um I thought shit I better ring like the the hospital and just say look I'm bleeding and it's not really stopping this you know what can I, do I need to do anything so they said yeah come in um And I was just sort of describing how much it was. They was like, yeah, I think maybe you should get an ambulance. I was like, no, don't be so ridiculous. Like, I don't need an ambulance. It's just like, just silly. So Dan took me in and I remember just being in tears and thinking, but I was hopeful, you know, I thought this this can just happen. It's fine. Um, So I made my way to the hospital and the maternity assessment unit and kind of sat there in the waiting room. Dan couldn't come in with me. And there was a few women there pregnant and I just was like no this is gonna be fine like absolutely fine and then they called me in. it was I was waiting a while you know when you think hello
0: like I'm bleeding hairs like no, hurry no. up you no. don't know because I think with the, the whole waiting thing is that you don't know how serious it is because if you think if this was really serious they'd have seen me by now don't you there's that that common misconception mm. of your life is so important to you but when you're in that hospital setting they just deal with people on a patient to patient basis unless you're what there's your health you you could sit sit there waiting but I think that gives a really sometimes a really false sense of calm Mm. and I went into the room um and they kind of just sort of said look
2: how much you're bleeding and stuff and I had a pad in and I was like showing them and you know what they monitor it don't they and it was heavy but it was sort of I was hopeful she was like no you know you'll be fine almost like telling me it was nothing because you know we need all the time in pregnancy and it'll be absolutely fine so I kind of just led there and it was weird like my stomach was like like going I had cramps as well but not like contraction cramps it was very strange I don't know what was happening really and my my stomach was going hard so I was in my mind. I was just so panicking. and I was like, "But I was hopeful, you know. I wasn't getting in a, in a state." Um, they said, "Look, we've got to keep you in overnight um, and monitor you for 24 hours. Um, put like a." If anything, I was being a pussy. I was like, um, "I don't really don't want this cannula in my hand." Like I was like, "That was like the main thing at that point." I was like, "No, I don't want it." And they was like, "Look, you need it." I was like, "Okay, whatever." Had a coronavirus test. Um, and then they took me up, and I was like, "Oh, this is crap." But whatever, put Netflix on um, on my phone, and Dan had dropped me some clothes and bits off. Had my snacks, eating crisp chocolate, just stuff in my face. um And it was about ten o'clock at night, and I was I, the bleeding had slowed down. And I was like, "This is this is good. I'm going to be home tomorrow and back where right where I need to be, and everything's going to be fine." And I just felt this sudden need to go to the toilet. And I was like, okay, got up and like the edge of the bed and my waters just broke. Oh. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is bad. Like, mm-hmm. it, I just, I just remember feeling okay. And then like, you do, ju- when you just know that it's, mm. that's it. You just feel like it's the end, yeah. Yeah. which it was. But uh, yeah, it was horrendous. Rang the bell. um, the midwives and the doctors came in and I was panicking because they, they basically the whole time I was in there at first they were monitoring him and he was fine. His heartbeat was fine. And, um, yeah, there was nothing wrong with him. So that was a tough one. It was like, why is my body doing this? You know, what, what the hell is he doing? So, Yeah, my waters went and they, you know, they were checking my cervix and saying that you need to go down to delivery suite in case you have him and stuff.
0: How many weeks were you at this point? Was there any chance that he could have survived? No, so 20
2: weeks. um, And it was all a bit weird because they said that I was like 18 weeks. And then when he, when I actually delivered him, they were like, no, you're definitely um, at least 20 weeks. And I was like, hang on a minute, where's, where's this all gone so long? Okay. It was all a bit, um, bit strange. Um, and yeah, so I went to the delivery suite and I just, I called Dan and he, cause it was bad. They, they let him come in, which I was so grateful that he could be by my side. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, when they like, it's that look, isn't it? They're looking at you like something's like it's bad, but you're trying to hold on to hope. And I remember just saying like, I can't do this. Like, is it going to hurt? Is it going to hurt? That's all I could think of. Because I remember so vividly having Presley and how painful it was. Mm. I, you know, I didn't have any any drugs, nothing. I just complete. I felt every last bit, and I was I was scared. I thought I, all I could think about was what is he going to look like? Am I going to be traumatized? How painful it's
1: going to be? Had they spoken to you about what was going to happen after he was born?
2: No, no. So I didn't even at this point. I still I didn't know what was going on. They just assumed that I was going to deliver him. Um, because my water's broken things like that. So it was a long wait that night. I was like, I was just like, I was just like rocking back and forth, like just couldn't stop crying and just in this bed, like what the f- what the hell's going on? Not knowing what's going to happen next. And then it was like the morning and I was like, seriously, you know, what is going on? Like someone talked to me here, like they scanned me and they said, look, oh, between all this, I'm missing loads of bits out here. Basically from... The, time, the minute they took me down to the delivery suite after my waters had broke, the blood was coming a lot. So I mean, the, the blood clots were huge, and I was like, I just couldn't get my head. Around. I thought, like, where's this blood coming from? What is my body doing? I do not understand. And it was her, a horrendous amount of blood. Um, and they were like, look, this isn't this really isn't good. You, you're just bleeding and bleeding. They scanned me that morning, so that that whole night I didn't sleep because I was like, what the hell's going on? Scanned me the morning. and They said that there's no water surrounding him, and your life's in in danger. Basically, like you're bleeding, and you're going to get really poorly, and you're going to get an infection, and it, there's just no there's just no chance. And I was like, yeah, but surely, like, I was trying to find on Google like cases where the, the waters had broken, they'd rebuilt themselves, and they had it successful yeah. But because of the blood, it was too risky. It's it's funny talking about it now, but I like in a sense that I'm I've I've obviously come a long way because I'm not I I can talk about it you know but um yeah that was it they kind of said look you we need to get him out kind of thing um and I just couldn't get over the sheer amount of blood I can't I still can't now
0: Mm -hmm. and I still don't know why it happened this is the worst thing that's a great that's a crazy thing because I can remember when I had um when I had my miscarriage it was there was so much blood and I can remember being like drenched in my own blood and thinking this isn't, this cannot be normal. This cannot be normal amount of blood to lose for a person. Mm. Am I going to die? And, but being too scared and too embarrassed in a way to ask what was going on. Cause I felt like as a woman, I should know what was happening with my body. I know. And I just, it was just a scary amount. And I just
2: thought, what a like, lot. I was there, I was like, am I going to die? Like, I'm actually going to die. on I like, Anyway, so this is, look, we need to induce you and stuff. And the doctors, all the doctors came, you know how it is, you're waiting and the docs come in and they come back in. And they gave me these tablets to, like, however they do it. And that was the worst thing, like, that that moment that you knew that it was over um, because you just knew that, you know, he was going to come out and there wouldn't be. Because it's that thing, isn't it, another... And isn't it another like four weeks that they could have done something for him possibly
0: yeah Yeah.
2: so that was it and they took me up to the bereavement suite and I waited and I waited and then I was bleeding really heavy again so they took me back down to delivery suite again and they gave me like a, a morphine injection a bit of painkillers and I was kind of out of it and I remember this is sorry this is really graphic but you know I went to the toilet and the midwife was like yeah like you need to stay there yeah I was like okay and yeah that was it I kind of I had him there in in the toilet yeah yeah and I kind of I just remember that like walking back to the bed and you you don't even know what 20 weeks what's going on in there you don't really know because it's no. not to see or you google you don't jump on google and say but I could not get over like. And then I had an injection and I had, like what they say, you give birth to like the placenta, don't you? And I couldn't get over how similar it was, you know, the cord was there, it was huge and the placenta was big, which, and I just was like, oh my God, like, wow, this is, and it just felt like such a, I was so angry because it was like, you know, my body's made all this. Mm -hmm. I think about it now, and I think what a waste, like, and when I had him, I was it was like four in the morning. I was like, I, I don't know if you can see him. Like, I didn't even know it was a boy at this point, by the way. Well, I don't know why I'm saying he, because I, di- I didn't know it was a boy. Oh, wow. And I was like, they took me back up to the bereavement suite, and obviously I was just like out of it and tired, and I couldn't believe what had just happened. I was pregnant, and now I'm not. He's gone. Yeah. yeah. They were like... You know, do you want do you want to see him now? And I was like, yeah, I guess you know. I, I my mum went and saw him because she was there for like the when I had him part, and she came back, and I was like, oh, there's no way I can't see my baby at that point, um, because I have to. Hmm. I don't, um,
0: were, you, were you really frightened about seeing him? Were you frightened what he would look like? Yeah, I was really scared
2: because hmm. I had no idea. You know halfway through your pregnancy you think okay full term baby how big they are and you know half the size of that and what what was what are they going to look like it's, it's yeah. such a scary thing and, and I can understand why some women don't yeah
1: um,
2: and I think a lot of people feel if you do you traumatize because you can't get them out of your head um and that's another thing and and if you don't, it's almost like you feel that guilt that you don't. So you yeah. just can't
0: win in that situation. I think it was Chrissy Teigen that said recently, um, I was so afraid to see him in my nightmares that I forgot about seeing him in my dreams. Oh. And I just think that was such a beautiful and succinct, like, well, really nice way to put it. But I can imagine being in, in your position and, and not knowing where that, was going to lie, whether whether that little baby would come to you in a good way mm-hmm. or whether that little baby would be part of some
1: ongoing trauma. I think it must
0: have been a really difficult decision.
1: You fear always having that regret if you don't. And I think that's why most people do. But it's scary. And for some people, if they've not heard about this happening to other people before, they find it quite morbid, the idea. of mm-hmm. You're
2: so naive to this well, oh, whole what world. What absolutely. Happens to um, so they brought him in, they said, you know, it's a little boy, and obviously, you know, it makes it more personal than it, almost, it's almost like, wow, okay.
1: Had you thought about names before?
2: We did, yeah, I think that just broke my heart then, when they, you know, they were like, it's a little boy, and they brought him in, and he was in a little cot, um, tiny, like, he was so small, but, like, so perfect, like, and they put him next to me, and I held him, and but he had a little hat on, and I just he had his it just yeah, he had his little hands on his on his chest, and he just looked so peaceful. and yeah, that that was the most heartbreaking moment of my life. like and I, I kind of just remember lying on the bed and just he was next to me and just staring and thinking, almost like no emotion to start with because I was like this is this doesn't seem real like what this is really an, a strange situation to be in like what the hell's going on? kind of in shock and then my partner came he wasn't actually supposed to you know but they they did they kind of snuck him in really and was like you know he, he couldn't not say see his child and say goodbye to him babe yeah of
0: course
2: it was awful to see like it really was yeah. awful um yeah and he kind of they put him in like this little cold cot thing and he stayed in the room with us and i just remember like thinking well when is the right time to sort of say goodbye kind of yeah. thing and I just remember saying like sorry. No, sorry. Take your
0: time, I'm so sorry, you've been through such a huge amount. Um, sorry, it's yes, like sorry. the hard bit to talk about isn't it? Um, Of course it is, yeah, take your time.
2: And just like sort of to say your last words to them really, just saying like I'm sorry that I couldn't you know keep you any longer
1: and that you love and stuff, and um, yeah, really, really tough. We we speak to people uh, who will like read read books or sing songs to the baby. Did you were you able to like take some pictures or make some memories? Yeah, so I kind of didn't really know what to do. I, I was in a bit of shock, but I kind of like
2: spoke to him and the midwives were. To be fair, the midwives were amazing. Um, because they they took him off brought him back again because mm-hmm. they did like footprints and um they took photos of him uh, we took some photos and obviously I, I personally I, I, d- I didn't want to share them because obviously it's quite a sensitive kind of. it's it, you know he's a yeah. boy and that's the completely your choice and I know some people do I've seen people share them but it's just I just didn't want to and um I've got a a memory stick in like they did up a little memory box and stuff for me um so there is a whole load of photos of him on that memory stick but I haven't I haven't looked at them because I just I can't uh, as much as it's so hard it's because basically after the whole little deal like obviously we said goodbye and you know you leave that hospital and you're you're just like in a daze, like you live in a full on nightmare, aren't you? And uh, and it, it was sort of like the PTSD afterwards. It was like, all I could see was him and the flashbacks. And, that, and then I kind of thought to myself, well, oh, no, I shouldn't have seen him because I, all I can see is him in my head. And it's, it's traumatizing, you know, mm-hmm. in that sense. But I, I don't regret seeing him. Like, I just bloody wish that it didn't have to end like that, you know. I, I Mm. I, my son in him he almost had the same features and and then yeah your world's just a nightmare from there really that's you're playing over like a series of your life in, in your head like the minute my waters broke the minute I saw yeah. him and it's, it's so clear isn't it so many things that follow with this whole thing is especially those early days but just horrendous
1: yeah and what about with your relationship how did you manage to cope with the loss together because it must have been tricky to have been on your own for a lot of it um I think you know we talk about men are quite often on the outskirts of this anyway in normal life let alone in Covid times it must have been really tricky.
2: Yeah it was hard um and I think he felt really bad because he sat outside in the car Mm. for hours a day like I was there on the Saturday and I came home it must have been on the Monday so within a matter of three days everything had changed um and he was sort of sat in the car and just waiting and waiting and had no sleep and you know my mum i actually had my mum come in um because i need i felt like i needed her Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah there was a lot of that afterwards he was almost i think he was like a bit annoyed and a bit gutted that he wasn't there for that part he hated that he he really hated that i feel guilt i feel Guilt for that as well. Well,
1: you shouldn't feeling um, guilty though. It's it's all out of your control, isn't it? It's just it's really shit, but it's not your fault. Mm. No, I know, and it's so so shit that
2: that it's so so many things like that are, are taken away um because you can't just nip in. You know, I don't know, but it it definitely made us stronger to start with. But you agree? You, everyone grieves so
0: differently, don't they? For sure, and I think that's one of the massive stumbling blocks that a relationship can have after after you lose a baby, because you don't know two people grieve the same way. And I think this is obviously very general, but men do deal with things a lot differently from from women, um, and that can cause a bit of a barrier in your relationship because you're left feeling like, well, why isn't he as upset as I am, or why hasn't why hasn't he talked about it with his mates, or. You know why? Why isn't he upset when he's seen that his mate's girlfriend's pregnant, and yet I can't get out of bed? And you know, yeah. like, oh, have you heard? So and so's pregnant, like it's an amazing news, and all you want to do is
2: <laughs> smash him in the lip. <laughs> oh my god, yeah! And that there's so many, oh, there's so many things to it, isn't there? Afterwards, it, it's just yeah. insane. Like it's so complex. Like that's what I struggled as well because with the social social media stuff and seeing other women pregnant and yeah. seeing people have it, it's so triggering isn't it um mm-hmm. once you're in this world you am so open to like and there's times where I thought my previous pregnancy posts where I've announced my pregnancies in that oh my god like how many people did I upset and that you don't
0: realize this is a thing mm-hmm. before you are in this whole world you just don't and it and so many <laughs> that do surround it when you are in this world just end up making you feel more shit about yourself because you're like, how can I feel like that about someone I've never met before or my friend who's pregnant, how can I be like mm-hmm. grumpy and pissed off about it, it's not their fault and and then you just end up thinking, oh who have I become or I'm why whole am whole I person. like this, yeah
2: Yeah, you feel yeah. guilty of yeah. in that way, it's like I'd see, I'd, what got me the most as well was when I was kind of over that I had to mute people. I literally, well, after after the whole thing, I was scrolling and I just had to mute, 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 mute. Yeah. I literally, I was like, I can't see your f- post. I don't want to see your shit. Like, just get away <laughs> from me. Um, yeah. And then it was like, then it was like seeing mums with two boys. That like, was a huge blow. I was like, that should be me. Because he hasn't got his little brother now. I'm so angry. Like, you know and it's so bad and then I'd see some friends and then I'd be like oh I'm happy for you yeah I've unfollowed and muted so many people and it it sounds all unfollow goodbye
1: like so normal (laughs) how's how's the press been? you made your announcement Um, not long before you lost him yeah and that was super
2: shit as well because it's like I didn't have that time I I announced it late obviously because I was like already you know 19 weeks whatever and It was literally, I think the magazine came out on the Tuesday and by that Saturday, uh, I couldn't obviously really post anything during that, that time. It it was all over and I was like, yeah, before a week from when it came out, it was all over and I was like, so annoyed. I was like, I wish I'd announced it sooner so I could have embraced, you know, Mm -hmm. everything took more photos.
0: Things like that. And do you think now, like, do you think looking back on it, that you would have been so open about um, losing Teddy if you hadn't announced your pregnancy? Um, I don't
2: know because I I can't say that would be, but I I think so. I'm quite an open person. Um, I'm I'm, I'm quite out. Like, I've always been quite out there, and yeah, uh, I feel like sometimes talking about it is is helped me in, in so many ways like the press are going back to that as well they you know I can't really fault them they haven't said anything wrong and been insensitive about it or anything um but it is quite hard to kind of when you're going through something if articles pop up and things like that it's like another reminder yes. constantly mm-hmm. and it's always going to be there as well so if you know I'm trying to find you know I've done something good but then there'll be oh, Jess, you know, has a miscarriage at 19 weeks or whatever they say and stuff like that. And it's like, it's just another reminder in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. at first it did help me because I felt so trapped and alone. I thought, I've got this platform. I need to just offload it all. I need to, to tell everyone what's happened because I, I'm hurting. I, I, I'm almost like I needed some help. And I, I kind of am glad I shared because with with friends and stuff, like, I do I have, a, like, a handful of friends, but I almost felt like I couldn't really speak to anyone about it. No one would get me. Yeah. So I felt like, God, if I put this out there, there's someone who's got to have been through it and will understand me. And, yeah, as soon as I put it on, it was, it was overwhelming. And I'm so glad I did, because if I didn't share, then I wouldn't have had other women come back to me and tell me that they'd been through the same... And that helped me so much. So if I hadn't have shared, I wouldn't have had that. And it's almost like I'm one of these believers in like energy. I know that sounds really silly, but it was like gravitating towards me. And I felt it and it helped me. And yeah, I just, seeing that I wasn't alone was just so helpful. And then when I kind of offloaded it all, I kind of went the other way. And I was like, right, I need to go away now because it was almost just like a, a shock thing and I just had to offload it and then it like...
1: Oh. It can be a bit much you sort of go head, head first into this community and it's really great yeah. to get all that support and see that you're helping people, but sometimes it's a bit much and that's okay to take a step back from it as well because all these people that you, you have in this support network, well, they'll start having babies as well and then you'll be like, oh my God, I thought at least you would be able to be my my little safety net but and their stories
2: as well it's like you obviously I'm I always here to listen and and help someone and but I had so many messages of people with their own stories and at first I just obviously I wanted to help them all and I tried to direct a few and help them and I thought I've literally just lost my own baby and I'm trying to help people um, so in a way, it was like I was taking on their pain as well as my own, mm. and it got a bit much. Yeah. Um, so it's that. It's Have um, a,
0: it a good balance. Yeah, it's So hard. Mm. Well, just like me, just want to say thank you so much for for speaking out about it because it is what it is. One of those things that you, by speaking out, have given others a voice because not everyone is brave enough to do it and not and everyone there are many many women who are still afraid of judgment and they still feel completely wrongly shame but seeing people like yourself with these huge followings seeing you guys hearing you guys talk about it so openly and conversationally and without that kind of embarrassment or 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 shame is just so empowering for these people. So thank you so so much for doing it for for the community. You know the wider community. It's it's incredible. It's really really cute.
2: And obviously when I was going through like the early days in December, um, we we had like a little we had him cremated and stuff and said goodbye on the 18th and it just anno- annoys me so much now. I'm like so close to Christmas like how annoying like it's all I'm always going to associate it with Christmas now and whatnot but I always remember just being in, in my bedroom and god knows if you know where I was at and I, I remember just I found a podcast and I listened to a few episodes and stuff and it honestly helped me so much but again to feel like I wasn't alone um so thank you as well like honestly I feel like honored to you know, come on here and talk to you guys. I really do, and what you're doing is amazing because you're doing the same. You know, it, I, it's so it's so great that people have said. You know, you speaking out has helped me, and I've now spoken about my story and things. And there shouldn't be such shame around it. But I mean, why? And I get why because you know, it's like one minute they're here and then they're gone, and you feel like you mm-hmm. almost don't have a right to maybe mm-hmm. And I can already see people that probably watch my stuff and see my posts and think oh, I'll give it a rest now maybe and I think I
0: don't, I don't know why people have that mindset but they just won't understand until they've been through it people don't get it they just don't get it and it's very easy to come into the community and talk with women and men who have been there and they do get it but what we need to try and do is educate people to be kinder around it and to be more validating and more understanding because when we can get that start to happen then there won't be this shame and there won't be this guilt and there won't be these ugly feelings that exist will be a part of everyday life and there won't be any reason for women to experience this horrendous mental health element of it you know having a real negative impact on their mental health because they'll be able to air it properly and continue with their grieving process, as you would be able to. Exactly. When, you know, died.
2: I can't even imagine of keep of keeping it all into myself. Yeah. I know a lot of people,
1: so many people do. Um, you know, so it, many, girls, we're changing it just by doing this and talking about it right now. We are exactly making it easier for others to, to talk about it. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, a showa. Gosh. I'm so sorry for everything
2: that you've been through as well. Yeah, it's, that's okay. It's it's such a weird one, isn't it? Like, like if you think that you're doing better, and it was like, I think, okay, this is going to get easier now. They always say oh, it's going to get easier, and then you think, oh yeah, and maybe. And yeah. then it smacks you in the face. Yeah, and then you just like you feel like you're back to that to that day again, and you're like, for Christ's sake, you're not back like, to square one. You're just just a little step back, not mm-hmm. back to the beginning. Um. But there is light because I do, for the first time in a while, like, I do feel like I'm doing okay, you know? Like, I needed that break, and that's another thing. Like, I, you know, I was grateful that I was able to express my feelings because I have that platform, and also I took a bit of a break. I was like, I can't be, it's so hard because my job's social media, but I couldn't be on social media because it was completely ruining my head. Yeah. So I took a few months off. And a lot of people, and that's another thing. A lot of people can't take that time off. Mm. Um, And I've only just started getting back into things now. Now I feel like I'm, you know, a little bit, you know, stronger. But that's another thing. When you lose a baby um, under 24 weeks, you don't even, you can't, you're not even entitled to like time off or anything. And that's a whole other thing. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I could not imagine of going through that and then going back to work a week later work The next Monday yeah 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 it's so there's so many things as well that need to change and another thing I think being on like that stands out for me is like I couldn't imagine not of having that time off um and also being put on like a delivery this week when you're losing your child as well I think that's difficult but if you're in if your life's in danger then so,
1: like, yeah, you, know, at least you can see, can see it go. from the other perspective and, and if they're not put on the delivery suite they, they feel like that's invalidated their baby and that it's not a real baby. Mm. So it's just I think a lot of things in this topic are just so difficult. You it's like yeah. it, it's all round shitty muck shiterson mm-hmm. and you you can't make it good in any way and, and what whatever is done is is not good enough because it's not bringing your baby back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's all just, I guess it's all just sort of damage limitation in terms of your mental health, isn't it? And, yes. and it's so personal as well. And one, it's not, it's not a one thing fits all, one rule for everyone, because no. the same thing that is, is going to upset one person is going to be right for, for another. Yeah.
2: It's
1: so hard.
2: But I always just remember being in that hospital and going straight, because when I, you know, Chrissy Teigen, I remember when I saw her. Not personally,
1: but yeah, we've heard about. her.
2: She's coming on the podcast <laughs> next week. I don't know her personally. Um, no, we're best friends, now, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> And I just remember being in that hospital and it was like, you know, when I heard about her story before, I was like, oh, that's really sad. But then literally just kind of got on with my day. and yeah. You yeah. know, oh, that's really sad. And I remember everyone's like slating her for sharing the pe- pictures and stuff. And I just didn't really and I didn't think anything of it. I couldn't get over the sheer amount of like hate that she got for doing that. And it wasn't until I lost Teddy um, and I, I, I jumped straight to her, her Instagram, scrolled through her pictures, mm-hmm. read through her post. And it was like a comfort to me. So then that's when I realised sharing my story is a comfort to others. So that that's a whole, you know, I went onto her page and was like, God, this is what I've just gone through. Exactly the same thing. Like, yeah. So,
0: yeah. And Um, having someone high high profile like like yourself and like Chrissy Teigen, it is because it is talked about within the media. It's a definite like resource, and you become a go to for those people. And then off the back of what you're talking about and you're doing, like when you shared, for example, when you shared our podcast, and I know that you share a lot with um Zoe Clark Coates and stuff. That that gives people a further resource. So when they and they're like, Oh yeah, Jessica Hayes, I'm sure she lost a Look at you, find stuff. And yeah. that's how we're gonna get this message out. It's by people sharing content and sharing help, how they've recovered and how yeah. they're gonna get better and of and course. Things like that. And that's I just think it's so it's so invaluable to to members of this community. And well, I think I'll just continue to share. I'm obviously um an ambassador
2: now for for saying goodbye which is great yeah. i think just you know just continuing to do that um and hopefully you we'll never have to go through it again but that's the, yeah. the worst thing so many people that have gone through it once again and again and you just think oh that's a whole other thing isn't it anyway yeah Fear. Yeah. yeah we just all need to love each other and support each other and
0: that's it that's kindness is yeah. true yeah yeah well thank you so so much for coming on our podcast
2: thank you. So, so much for having fun. me
1: that's a pleasure in the studio yeah our no, fancy fancy studio
2: And <laughs> <laughs> you guys are lovely no it's been so nice to
1: speak to you and um yeah no, it's been great to chat well, to you yeah keep in touch following right your you? journey and you know supporting everything you do so yeah stay in touch and um we'll catch up with you soon Yes, guys. Thank you so much.
0: Right. Take care, dear. You Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week.